All right, welcome back to our final discussion on our daily walk on cults. And uh, today we are going to look at what is the difference between a church and a dangerous religious group. Now, there's churches that obviously there's, uh, you know, there's issues in that some of the churches that we that we might attend may not be the forte of someone else, you know, worship styles and things like that. These are all questions to have. And, you know, some of us like more contemporary rock and there's nothing wrong with that. Some of us like more traditional hymns. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not the indication of what's a good church and what's a bad church. There's a lot more that goes into it. But what differentiates a church from a dangerous religious group or a cult? And we're going to look at 15 points that they have here uh, indicating these. So uh, we're just going to whirlwind through these guys and spend just a minute on each one of them. Hopefully less than a minute on each one of them so I can keep the video under 10 minutes. So number one, the right kind of church stresses the authority of Scripture. This is so important when you are looking at what is a dangerous religious group or a cult versus a lot of your other churches. A real church emphasizes the authority of Scriptures. It doesn't emphasize the authority of a leader or the authority of a pastor. And the pastor or preacher, whoever it happens to be, should have the ability to be questioned on the authority of the scriptures alone. So number two, the right kind of church is directed by a person who leads with a strong but gentle example. Okay, uh, there's a verse in 1 Peter 5 that says, we do not lord it over others. And I left a church at one point in time that had an elder in it, at least one elder, maybe more, but at least one, that uh, if you ever questioned anything that they did, they would say, what, don't you trust your leaders? And the real answer is no. <laughs> I want to, because we were making arguments from the scriptures about something, and they just couldn't counter that, so they said, don't you trust your leaders? Well, that's the sign that you need to hightail it down out of there. Um, the, your leadership should be questioned on the authority of Scripture. Uh, the right kind, number three, the right kind of church teaches godly relationships within society rather than a withdrawal from society. So if the, if the organization, we focused this with love bombing and with isolation earlier, if the organization wants you to back away from the rest of society as a whole, steer clear of everything but society. In, in this, we find this in these, in these family groups that uh, the family groups were uh, you know, they were keeping these kids isolated from society, simply declaring that society is just wretched and of the devil. And if you integrate with society, you're just going to hell. And that is certainly a situation and, a, and an issue that, um, uh, that is at play here. Now, those are those crazy family situations, uh, but it goes with churches as well. Good relationships with society is important. All right, number four, the right kind of church encourages love and respect for family members while recognizing family members may disregard Christ. So Jesus even said that I did not come to unite, but to divide. Very important scripture because it, it kind of says that, that uh, your family may not understand your commitment to Christ. I mean, I came from a completely atheistic background. There's no one in my immediate family who is a Christian in any way, shape, or form. 
And, you know, but if I were going to a church that says, well, never mind them because they're just leading you into the ways of the devil, that's a problem. We don't want that to happen. Um, the right church is going to is going to foster respect for family, even if you disagree with, uh, or they disagree with your commitment to follow Christ. And if you, if that's you, and you find yourself in a situation where your family doesn't understand your um, your commitment to Christ, that doesn't mean you have to break off your relationship with them. It just means that there's there's part of your life they're not going to share, but you have to still have to learn how to love and respect your family all the same. Number five, the right kind of church keeps its focus on Christ rather than the leader. Kind of related to what we said above. But if the leader is always exalted more above the scripture, I, I mention oftentimes in the series uh, in the church growth movement, uh, Stephen Furtick has the church Elevation Church. He is one of the more extreme groups that it wouldn't surprise me in 10 or 15 years if that comes out as being some type of cult because he really emphasizes a uh, and that the entire church really emphasizes following him as a leader l rather than following the scriptures alone. Now, of course, they'll say, well, I'm the path to God. Well, you know, that's what Jim Jones said as well. Uh, but the fact is, is that they put too much emphasis on following a leader and not enough emphasis on following Christ. Because frankly, the thing, things that Christ teaches are in contradiction to the things that the church growth movement oftentimes teaches. Number six, the right kind of church shows respect even for those people and institutions they believe to be the influence of Satan. So how do you respond and respect the world? I can find great respect. My last book, uh, I Am Not Amused, I really dove into the aspect of media entertainment in a way that I have not seen any other Christian do it outside of maybe uh, Eric Holmberg at Real the Real Ministries. And uh, in that, I went in and I, I, I can see the respect for some of the guys like Osborne and, and Cooper and, and Manson. And I can see and understand where they're coming from without bowing to their specific views and lifestyles. But at least there is a, I can see that respect. I'm not just going, oh, it's rock and roll. It's of the devil in that book. It really is about a true and balanced understanding of what's going on and then calling us to what the Christian would believe in. And so a cult, though, on the other hand, it, it, you know, if you're not fully in line with their cult, you're just of the devil, and that's all there is to it. And that's kind of problematic. <laughs> all right. Number seven, the right kind of church acts with integrity at all costs versus many of your cults often operate by the rule that anything that protects and promotes the group is allowable. This also has some of these elements of the church growth movement in it, where in that particular movement, and I'm not saying it's all a cult, I'm saying is that there's some of these things that we need to question. Because oftentimes they look at pragmatism in American philosophy that says whatever works, whatever causes growth, whatever causes somebody to pray, that's always good and justified. The scripture doesn't make that distinction. Integrity is above everything else. If it means that you lost it, in fact, just this, uh, just this last week, there was there were some situations um, in my in my rental lease. I understood verbally that I would have to pay water bills on where I'm staying, and I noticed in our lease it said the landlord pays it. Well, I understood it. It's published on their website and all that. I could have gone in and stored, stood on the authority of my lease and said, "Huh, I'm not paying this water bill. It's in you guys to pay the water bill." They pulled up the lease. They looked at it and said, "Oh man, that's that's right." But because I knew that. 
I knew that that was a verbally in the agreement. I knew about what it was going to cost. It was on their website. I went into the office and I changed the lease to match what I understood was it. And it cost me money, several hundred dollars. You know what? That's called integrity. That's what we're supposed to do. All right. Number eight, the right kind of church requires its leaders to maintain a high standard of moral purity. All right. Um, in other words, uh, in other words, we are bound to the very laws that we preach. We don't live ourselves above. And oftentimes the leader is above the law, above whatever we're doing, but the people have to live under the submission and the authority of the ruler. So it's a do as I say, not as I do moment. And a root true church the pastor, nobody is above the law. The law is the law, and that's what there is to it. Number nine, the right kind of church makes personal faith in Christ the sole requirement for salvation. This is a big one and what separates most cults aside from anything else, that um, a, a cult requires extra things of the members. Maybe it's requiring, uh, in the case of the Moonies, it's requiring handing all your assets over. In the case of the Mormons, they are required to give 10% of their income to the church and submit W-2s to the church so that they, you know, they have the, the, the accountability for it. This is kind of crazy. Those are weird extra requirements for belonging, whereas the scripture simply says that faith on Christ alone is the basis. All right, number 10, the right kind of church teaches that giving is to be done on a voluntary basis. Once again, going back into the Mormons, um, looking in, in again at the Mormons, you know, they, they are required to give certain percentages to be part of the church rather than what 2 Corinthians 9 tells us, that it is, is between you and God, whatever God has purposed on your heart, whatever you has purposed on your heart to give, that is what you are to give. And that's, what's, uh, that's one of these differences. Number 11, the right kind of church encourages members to judge for themselves whether they are being in a matter consistent with the scriptures. Kind of goes back to that whole Paul going in and talking to, uh, I think he was talking to the Thessalonians, Thessal whatever. <laughs> I can't talk today, apparently. Uh, it's too cold. Um, anyway, he's talking and he's saying, hey, the Bereans were the good guys because I went in, I told them about what Christ was, and they took it upon themselves to examine the scriptures themselves to see. Versus a cult oftentimes will restrict you. We talked about this with information control. They don't want you looking at certain types of material. Uh, and that's one of those major differences. Number 12, the right kind of church recognizes and accepts all who confess the name of Christ and its practice, whether or not, the caveat here is whether or not you are part of that particular congregation. I can't say, well, you don't go to my church, so you must not be saved. That's a pretty good sign you're in a cult if they're going, if they're rejecting it. So there's one church denomination that rejects the baptism of any other church. Yeah, that's kind of a culty thing. Um, I have to accept the baptism. As long as you are walking in Christ, you're saying, I am a Christian, right? And uh, you've been baptized as the command of Christ is to be baptized. That is exactly what the requirement is. And it doesn't matter if it's done in this church or that church or any other church, as long as it is a, a believer's baptism that you your baptism was following in alignment with Christ, that is a welcome thing. But a church, a, a dangerous religious group, oftentimes doesn't respect the membership of another church. Um, number 13, the right kind of church teaches biblical principles, which in turn encourage personal growth, thought and decisions and maturity. Uh, that, that famous verse from Timothy, you know, the, 
every word of God is, uh, you know, the, the scriptures is, is God breathed and profitable for building up and for reproof and for correction and for edification and for training and all righteousness. And the, in the dangerous religious groups, um, there is a sense of dependency where the people are, are beholden to what the leader wants to do and wants to teach them. They're not encouraged to grow personally in Christ. They are required instead to be blindly obedient to the leader. Number 14, the right kind of church avoids manipulative techniques of persuasion while believing in the ability of the Spirit of God. This is a funny one because most churches in America today, they don't want to rely on the Spirit of God. They don't seem to believe God in faith. They want to do pragmatic things, and <laughs> there's another word I made up, <laughs> pragmatic things, and they want to use marketing techniques and all these other ways of persuasion to get someone to pray a little prayer so that they will be saved. And uh, that's not what the scripture teaches. <laughs> really is not what the scripture teaches. Um, and so they avoid manipulation. A real church is going to avoid manipulation. Uh, number 15, the right kind of church is loved or hated because of its identification with Christ in his word, not based upon other things. All right, so that was kind of the whirlwind. I don't want to just turn the camera off right now because I want to give a few caveats. Nearly every church at some degree or another is going to demonstrate one or two of these little things because no church institution is perfect. So we have to have a little bit of balance. If you have an overwhelming am amount of those or if they're just, they're just hard fast on one of these things, that's a good cause to question what that organization is. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. So... Just because your church demonstrates one of these doesn't mean you're in a cult. You have to take all of this into account. Look at this entire playlist of the, of the, the, I think we did what, five or six videos now on cults. Look at the entire playlist. If there's an overwhelming balanced majority towards looking like a cult, you probably want to get out of that or at least start questioning it a little bit more. But just because one or two little things shows up, that's not really a big deal. Um, but they are definitely points to ask your leadership. And if your leadership is above being questioned by the, by the scriptures themselves, that is the point in time that I would question whether you are in the right place or not. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.